Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Hey, hey, everybody! Happy Friday, y'all! What's poppin'? Hey, T. Hey, Lisa girl, how you doing? And it is indeed a happy Friday. You didn't get it wrong this week. <laughs> I know, girl. Cause sometimes I think I move so fast. Sometimes. I move so fast, and my feet are moving, and everything else is trying to catch up, but I'll be at the end of the week before the end of the week even happens. <laughs> I know, that's I'll right, you know, because each day just, it just rolls right into the other because we have so much going on, but it's a good thing to have those many things that does go on in our world, so, and it just makes us that much more appreciative of everything that we do. Absolutely, absolutely. I just got some great news for our show today. I, you know, I just mm-hmm. want to give a shout-out real quick because I appreciate all of the uh, record labels that, you know, send us music. I appreciate all of the independent artists that send us music. Um, I appreciate all of the PR people that, that I've just connected with over, you know, the years and just, You know, if I want somebody on the show, I have to do a ad, you know, and they just make Mm -hmm. it happen. And I just want to say I really, really appreciate them. Um, I really, really do because we get great music. We get great connections. You know, shout out to Blue Marley. Shout out to Kimber Nicole, E.P. Pope, Bird School Records. I just really, really appreciate them. JDS Certified, um, Sarah Gilliard. Just, I appreciate every last one of them because they always, always suave. They always come through whenever I mm-hmm. fall, and I just appreciate that. Because mm-hmm. we are getting two great guests on Let's Chat, y'all, this month. And so I, I'm excited about that. <laughs> I can hear the excitement in your voice, Lisa. That's always a good thing, you know. Like you said, it's a blessing when you can have those connections and they don't hesitate to reach out and help and support. So it is indeed a blessing, and uh, we so appreciate it, like you say. And as well as our listening audience, you know, 
without them, whoa, who would we be just talking to each other? So we give a huge shout-out to our listening audience. You guys are at the top of our appreciative list. So thank you guys for hanging in there with me, Alicia, here on Let's Chat. Trust me, it doesn't go unappreciated and it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you so much. Absolutely, especially those publishers that just really been rocking with us the whole time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just awesome, awesome support. Tamika Newhouse, um, uh, Tammy Capri, the Butler Agency, Heather Butler, I appreciate her. You know, um, I think her name is Nicosia. I think I pronounced her name wrong. I'm going to have to ask her how to pronounce her name. But, you know, they just always, always keep us um, filled and and always send us requests. They refer people. I mean, it's just awesome. We digress. (laughs) Welcome to Let's Chat, y'all. I am Miss Leisha. You know, I got my right hand and sometimes my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking that talk today about filling up the ship leaks. Yes. Mm. Everybody on Mm. your ship should be rowing. And not drilling holes. Sometimes you got to go through and fill up them leaks so the boat don't go down. You know what I'm saying? We got three special guests, author and publisher Kia Nivia. I think I pronounced her name wrong. I'm going to say Miss Ellis because this is Catavius's wife. So shout out to Catavius and fabulous wife. We have her on, author Y.S. Cherie. And author Tabitha Sharp Jackson is on today. So we had a great, great show um, for everybody lined up on the chat. Okay, T, you know we always just start off and get to talking. Let's talk that talk about some um, books and literature. All righty, all righty. Well, like Lisa said, you're listening to our Friday edition of Let's Chat. You know, we, we, we come here live every week. Usually on Thursday and Friday from between 7 and 9 p.m. You can find us right here on Let's Chat. And here on Let's Chat, we love to celebrate literature and art the royal way, no matter what the genre or the platform may be, whatever is happening in your community, we try to bring it onto the show and just expound on it a little bit. Now, our show allows all avid readers as well as authors to interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. So we invite you guys to just come on into the chat room, kick your shoes off, get your red cup, because we don't peek and see what's inside of it. <laughs> We're just so glad to have you here in the chat room. And just get to know the authors because you can hear their passion and their excitement through the phone. You know, you can get to hear their passion behind what it is they do, be it authors, musicians, um, makeup artists, you know, any politicians, whatever it is that they're involved in. We like to get them on the show and just hear what fuels their passion, what gives them that inspiration to do what it is that they mm-hmm. do. So we so appreciate them for coming on and sharing it with us. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you enjoy us chatting, you would like to support our show because this is a free platform that we offer. Uh, just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. We do appreciate you guys. Make sure you guys go head over to Amazon and check out Shatea Sims' new book, Living Anonymous. Happy release day, Shatea, that just released today. So make sure you grab your copy today. 
and the fabulous Teresa Howe and her book, That Church Life. We actually have both her and Shatea on the show. Make sure y'all go back and check the archives out and check out their interviews. But if you're looking for something good to read, grab your copy of That Church Life today by author Teresa Howe. Also, you want to make sure that you're picking up Author Zoe Truth, a good girl's journal, uh, a good girl's journal of dirty little secrets, and this is an erotic book. So, and it's straight erotic. So, if you're looking for a straight erotic experience, make sure you check it out. Mm, Now, if you are an author and you're looking for, it is. When I was trying to post and I was trying to find the right excerpt, I couldn't even post the whole excerpt. I had to post, you know, just like a little bit here and, and cut mm-hmm. off the rest there because I couldn't post the whole thing. I'll be in Facebook wow. here. <laughs> if, you are, if you are <laughs> right, if you are an author and you are looking for a publishing house, Seven Figure Publications is now accepting submissions. Um, just send your request to submissions at sevenfigurepublications.com. And as usual, you want to make sure you pick up anything from my home team, Reese World Publishing. We got that Laces and that Love, Truth, and Consequences Part 2, Playing Dirty. Those are our recent releases. Make sure you pick those up. Also, anything on Nini Capri. Make sure you're out there supporting, picking up that simple lust by the fabulous Imani Hilton, and picking up anything by the fabulous S. Chameleon. Yes, she actually has a new um, book out called Breaking Through the Silence, and it's a book that is talks about mental health. So make sure that uh, you guys support our girl because this was a great idea, a great book for her to write. Mental health is something that's very important. People hide a lot of times. People don't understand it. They don't, you know, know how to do, I'm going to say, operate around people that have those issues. And a lot of times things just kind of get swept under the carpet and they don't get the help that they need. Uh, And then it's always deemed something else. Um, as them being dangerous or this or that, but it's really they just needed help that they never got, you know. And shout out to Queen City Bullies. That is the home of Real Raw Radio's The Clubhouse on Wednesday night. So shout out to Team Bully. They always support us. If you, I believe all of those books for Nene Capri Presents are available on Queen City Bullies, so you can head over there and get that one click, as well as a host of other awesome, awesome, awesome authors um, and artists. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's that's where our school board home is going to be. You know, I do that that sports thing on Tuesday night with me and Mr. Jazz. We talking that talk on all things sports and we go in. You know, we all have our own favorite teams and we just go in on each other because during football season there's no holes barred. <laughs> Absolutely. Never make sure you have to answer the scoreboard. It always goes down. And then you can get the wonderful baseball report. He always has a mouthful of like I'm not listening to CNN. Hold on. This ESPN, he, he has it down pat. And when you call out any player, he's on it. He's like, yeah, well, now we have just rushed down stats so quickly. 
I love his commentary. Yes. yes. That's our Louis Mack, our stat man, and he be on point, like Bisha says. Because you know I be trying to Absolutely. stump him, Louis. <laughs> I know. He be trying to get you, too, so don't worry about it. <laughs> but we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with the fabulous Kia Ellis, who will okay. be kicking in the chat room doors. We don't say that. Aaron Bebo, yes. Aaron Bebo does more than just write books. He makes music. We want them keys, B. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Block. Pump like handles till she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thigh. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, how you doing, love? What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine. Let me look at you from behind. Yeah, your body banging. Coke bottle, some type of model. Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow. Got my attention. You got my head spinning. The kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The poor taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up, back to back, blunts in motion Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer Baby, tell me how that sound, I want the finer Things in life, A1 weed, papers and pipes And we can get it right I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone, gone. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. You know, I'm Miss Felicia. You know, I got my girl, the fabulous Miss Tony. We're about to bring in this fabulous author and publisher um, from Locked and Loaded Publications. She has two releases, The Fabulous Child and Diamonds in the Dirt. 
or Diamond in the Dirt. Yes, that's it. Revealing my truth. So we're going to bring her into the chat room. Okay. Hi, Hi lady. Hi. How are you? I'm Hi. fine. How are you? Yeah, good. Excited to have you on the show tonight. Thank you. Thank you. So first you gotta tell us how to pronounce your name because I shall be chopping it up, and so I have to know. You have to tell me how to pronounce your, your name because I'll be this Miss Ellis. Yes, Miss Ellis, right over there. <laughs> no problem. It's Kia Neve. Kia Neve. Neve. Gotcha. That's cute. Mhm. Different. Thank you. Now for everybody that doesn't know uh, a little bit. Uh, you're a little broken up, but yes, we can hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, for everybody I'm, I'm that doesn't know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Okay, well, um, I am Kenna Bay. I was born and raised in College Park, Georgia. I am an R&B singer, um, and I just started writing books like a couple years ago, but I actually signed with Contavious when he was K. Ellis publication last year of April. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, start writing books, but I was kind of scared. I don't know. I was kind of confused if I should self-publish or if I should get with a publisher. And so a mutual friend of mine introduced us because she already had a book out, which her name at the time was Camille Cocaine. But um, she's now Naiva Zahira. So, um, you know, I, I'm i glad that I, I chose to get with the publishing company just to kind of get my feet wet so I can know what was going on and stuff like that. So um, I have a nine-year-old son, and I have a stepson that's 17. So we have two boys. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to build, you know, just build our foundation. It's was in in at first it was K L S publications and then we changed it to Locked and Loaded Publications. That locked and loaded sounds pretty Absolutely. powerful, girl. <laughs> Thank you. You know, Absolutely. a good friend of ours, Ebony. <laughs> Thank you. A good friend of ours, Ebony, actually uh, gave me that name because we were trying to find something different because we were going through a change and um, I was like, I don't know what to call it. You know, what I'm saying I want I wanted to have a name that was going to stick, you know. And she was like, mm-hmm. what about Locked and Loaded? I was like, yes, girl, yes, <laughs> Ebony. So shout out to mm-hmm. Ebony, man. She really took me under her wing. You know, mm-hmm. she has her own publishing company, too, Dear Monday, so shout out to her. Oh, yeah, she absolutely loved Ebony Oliver. Yeah, yes. she is. She is her, her fabulous husband. So yes. what made I love you switch from... From uh, music to to books, like what was going on to actually make you get into music? Let's start there. Okay, so singing. I've been singing since I was three years old, um, and I've been mm-hmm. I've been underground for a long time. I worked with Attic Crew. I worked with Dungeon Family. I worked with Franchise Boys. I was on the Shop Boys album. Um, I can keep going, and, and um, I was actually in a girl group, and our name was Classified. And so we were together probably about five years. We were signed to Larry Blackman from the old school group Cameo. You know, it's like candy. That was our mm-hmm. uh, CEO. And, you know, we did a lot of shows together, and we traveled, and we made, you know, a decent amount of money. But at the same time, when you're dealing with five females, you have different personalities going on. So I decided to 
just go solo. Mm-hmm. And that's when I um, teamed up with uh, Grove Street Hitsquad with um, Kibo Gotti, Waka Flocka at the time, Cap the Prez. Like, so I started singing on their stuff, T.O. Green, started doing little hooks and stuff for them. And then I ended up moving to, to Louisiana, and I met with my label, who I'm signed with now, called Money Music. So as of now, I'm working on an album. Um, I just released a single last year called Candy Rain. I just shot the video for that last month, so that's going to be um, releasing on YouTube and on um, some other outlets. So I'm just waiting on that, but I'm still singing, so I haven't let that go. But at the same time, I can write. You know, I write my own music. So mm-hmm. me writing books was just something like a natural-born thing that I felt like God wanted me to do because I used to pray on it and and as I can see, I'm I'm, I'm living it. Mm-hmm. You know, the music and books they they intertwine so so intimately and so connectively that you know it's kind of they kind of flow with each other. I'm sorry, yes. this is Tony. You know, we 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 always try to introduce ourselves because we they say we sound alike, but it's not a Y'all far do. stretch. You know, <laughs> it's not a far stretch between music <laughs> and writing. But how have you found the transition? Do you find it challenging as far as writing? No, no, it comes, it it it, it flows. It's natural. Um, because mm-hmm. what I do, I I don't sugarcoat anything. I just write what I feel, and my stories mm-hmm. are the same way. When I'm writing my books, you know, published style is urban fiction. So of course, you know, that's made up. But it was just me using experiences that I've had or my friends had, and I put that into a book. Diamond in the mm-hmm. Dirt, on the other hand, that's about my life. Everything I put in that book is true. I just changed mm-hmm. the names, of course. Oh. <laughs> oh. I like that name. I so was just looking it? at it on Amazon. Go ahead, Lee. I Thank like you. the cover. Them shoes is bad. Them shoes is bad. <laughs> now, Thank you. <laughs> this is Lisa. What made, you, um, what made you decide to write Diamond in the Dirt? Like, what was going on in, in Kia's world that she was, she said, okay, I need to just do this. Okay. So, I have been married three times, okay? Mm-hmm. But I was married twice to the same guy. And I went through a lot of mental and physical abuse in that marriage. And um, I went through a lot of changes within myself. So I felt like I'm not that girl in the book anymore. I've evolved. But the girl in that book Mm -hmm. is a million other women out here as well. And maybe with me telling my story or my testimony, maybe it can help somebody else. Maybe it can help her see. Because, you know, sometimes when we in love, y'all, we can't see. Mm -hmm. Everybody on the outside can see what's going on. But we're so blind, we can't see nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I figured if a girl right. or a woman is reading my book, they will be like, dang, you know what? He does that to me, too. He he said that to me, too. Like, I went through that with, with another chick, too. You know, so it'll make them be like, wow. And it, they can compare stories. I mean, it can help them or, or, or it might not. But if if it doesn't help them, maybe they can give it to another person and maybe it can help her. Right. Bringing awareness. Exactly. And I'm glad that you said that. Exactly, because a lot of times we do that. You know, I think, especially for me, and I think a lot of women, we have to be able to see you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so many things cloud our sight, even though we see Mm -hmm. physically with our eyes, but that third eye gets clouded sometimes. But I think that 
you know, as women, we have to be able to see people with our third eye because you got to know what it is, not what you want it to be, not what you think it is, not what they say it is, but you got to know what it is. And you, and I think things do happen for a reason so that you can see. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? I, I totally agree because, you know, with, with my situation, when I married the, the, the first husband, um, the first time, you know, we and we got a divorce, you know, all of my friends was like, don't remarry him, you know what I'm saying? But I still was blind, y'all. Even though I wasn't with him, I was still blind, and I felt like I, I just needed to see for myself if he changed or if he didn't. And even though they they felt like he wasn't going to change, but I still felt like I needed to see. And I still was blind until that second time. I was like, oh, no, like, you didn't change, you still the same. So, um, not trying to dog him or, or bash him or nothing. It's just we were on two different pages in our lives, and I was I was right, already right. trying to evolve. And when I when I met Katavius, it was just like, bye. I know that's but right. Now, you we've had him on our show twice. Huh? I think we've had him on the show twice. We've had him on our show on the show twice. Well, in the clubhouse okay. twice. So it's always good to have him on the show. Go right. ahead, Steve. Exactly. But um, do you feel that he, in the second time around, that he may have just shown you something that he thought that you wanted to see in him? You know what? The second time, I think I just outgrew. I, I realized it was myself that I outgrew him. Mm. He, he wasn't, you know, mm. he wasn't. The first time I was so blind, but I think the second time I started seeing things that I didn't see in, in the first time. And I'm right. like, you know what? This mm-hmm. not for me. Mentally, I'm on another level. Right. And you the know, eyes are open. Right. And I just, I couldn't do it no more. You know, it was at that point where, do I do it for him or do I do it for me and my son? Mm-hmm. See, that takes right. strength. Right. Yeah, that takes strength. First of all, know what it is that you want, and know what it is that you don't want, which is even more important. Exactly. Exactly. And I knew exactly what I wanted, and I went for it. <laughs> I had to go. I had to go. But um, with all that, you know, I can't say I, re- I regret anything because it made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Now tell us a little bit about fatherless child. What is that? What is the concept and the inspiration behind that? With fatherless child, okay, I am a fatherless child. So um, I've I, been Without my father, I was raised by my mom, my grandmother, and my uncle. Um, shout out to them. Hey, mommy. Hey, grandma. And um, I'm sure they probably listen. But without him, I gave my mama a double hockey stick, y'all, growing up. <laughs> Becoming a teenager, I didn't have any guidance, you know. Like, I didn't have a male figure to tell me, no, this guy isn't right for you, or you shouldn't settle for this. You know, I was looking for love by myself. You know, my mama would tell me everything, but, of course, a man's perspective is totally different. You know, all my friends, mm-hmm. I grew up my friends, mm-hmm. all of them had fathers. They grew up with their dad. You know what I'm saying? Right. But me, I was just out here. You know, I I was very um, tomboyish, you know. Um, so so everything that I put in fatherless child, it, I kind of used things that I went through growing up. Because it starts off with a young lady named Justice, and she's like in a, a, a teenager, you know, and she's mm-hmm. getting into that stage of her life where she's finding a nice-looking gentleman and, you know, interested in 
you know, relations, intimate relations, and her friends are involved, and the he say, she say, and um, it, it's just a lot that teenagers go through to becoming a woman, a young woman, and it's hard without her dad. It really is. You know, you can mm-hmm. disappoint a lot of people in your family, <laughs> um, but, you know, eventually you'll get it right, but with Fatherless Child, she was going through a lot of things, and I used two different perspectives. So it's two different women in this book, one being that her father was a white man, and he wasn't in her life, not because he didn't want to, but because his father was president, and he was, like, um, working, like, in one of those, like, uh, like a governor, for instance, and, you know, everybody's looking at him. He he can't have a black granddaughter, you know, so by him being president, the, the, the father just couldn't be in her life. So... She's biracial, so it's just she went through that as well. Then you have another young lady. When she's a little older, she became a stripper when she got older. But her dad, he died in a car accident. So it wasn't, you know, by choice. It was by force. But still, mm-hmm. in the same breath, she still has to look for love as well because she don't have that guidance. But it's just two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. So that's what Bob the Child, that's where that comes from. That sounds powerful as well. <laughs> it's really good I'm not saying that because I wrote it But it is really good It's going to make you cry It's going to make you laugh You're going to get attached to some of the characters Because I've had a few of my readers cut me out Because, you know, some, some <laughs> things happen in the book They're like, why did you do that? And I'm like, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> It's just had to be done <laughs> Yes, I'm so sorry They're like, I can't believe you, Kia Oh, you know <laughs> <laughs> so how do you juggle everything You're a mom, you're a wife You you have a business You're an author, you're a publisher How do you balance everything Plus you're a singer Girl let me tell you God Ooh honey It it, <laughs> it takes a lot for real I'm serious it, it, You know because I'm, I'm, I work for United Healthcare And I'm singing Writing books um, um, yeah, oh, me and Katavis are writing movies now. That's that's our oh, new thing that we're doing. Um, yeah, so we got some investors that's looking at us right now, looking at our movies that we have. Um, mm-hmm. so it's it's tedious. I say that it takes a lot of prayer and a lot of support for my family and my friends because some, I have my days where I'm like, Lord, I'm tired, you know. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's it's somewhere that I'm trying to get. It's a goal we're trying to reach. So. You know, I don't know. I have motivation. My son, I look at him every day. And he, it's like I'm his, I'm his, I'm the biggest celebrity to him in the world. And I know I ain't made it nowhere yet, but but it's to him. He tells everybody, my mommy uh, sings. You can pull up her videos on YouTube and stuff like that. <laughs> and when I when I hear him say that, it really motivates me. You know. Uh-huh. Oh, that's sweet. It really does. <laughs> and speaking of him, he got a book coming out too. It's called Stop the Madness. Quran, his name is Quran, and his book is called Stop the Madness. It's basically touching on, you know, don't shoot. You know what I'm saying? So, hands up, don't shoot. So. All right. Y'all yeah, be on the lookout man. for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is Tony again, and you spoke up at the top of the show about you were conflicted between publishing it yourself or joining a publishing company. Um. If you can tell someone the biggest difference that you've noticed 
that you can tell someone to, to really, really think about that. What did you learn when you first put out your first book under your publishing company? Um, the fact that they put the bill for everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. They put the bill, you know, like self-publishing, you got to pay for everything by yourself. And it can, it can become costly if you don't have, like, you know, no savings on the side or, you know, if you live in check to check, it can be kind of difficult. But um, mm-hmm. the publishing company really puts the bill. And, of course, you have more support um, because you have the this publishing company with the other authors as well who will, you know, kick in and help you promote and stuff like that because pr- promotion is definitely costly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's costly. You know, you when you the materials and stuff like that, it's mm-hmm. costly. So um, with that with that help and that support, I, I, I feel like I made the best decision, you know, but now that I'm the publisher, I'm footing the bill. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and if you know if it's something that we're not doing right, I we, I speak to them 
and, and try to get their opinion or, or their advice or whatever because these women stayed down. They really did. Um, even mm-hmm. the, the gentlemen, too, they stayed down, too. I mean, um, but when you have somebody that's a part of your, your business and they're not uh, positive, and they could really, they, they will really sink your ship. But we at the point now where everybody that we have is solid. It's a family movement now, and we just we just trying to take everything to the top. We just striving for greatness. We don't have time for no uh, rats or ratatouille. We don't have time for none of that. We don't. We just <laughs> want to keep it moving. You know, no negativity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. You know, a lot of times, and like you said, when you mix friendship and business, it does get. It gets really wrapped up real fast, and it's hard to kind of steer because you have that that friendship there, and that kind of overrides business a lot of times. Yeah, it, it does. does. Mm-hmm. It gets it messy does. too. Yeah, it really does. It get real messy. I mean, you know, and, and and the and the disrespectful part about it is when people take it to social media. I see a lot of that, and that's just not with our situation, but I've seen it with a lot of other authors and a lot of other publishing companies where. The authors get upset or whoever get upset and they take the social media trying to bash, you know, the company. And I think that's just real whack. I think that's a weak mm. characteristic. Yeah. I think that's a weak trait, you know. And I, I feel like if you got an issue, I got an open-door policy. You understand? And if you want to, if we, we can talk about it, we can, whatever, we can square up. It don't matter. As long as we get mm-hmm. it, we need to fix. But, but taking right. it to social media, I think that's just real immature. It really is, and it doesn't it doesn't paint a good picture on either side because it just gives a window into some things that should be kept behind closed doors. Right, exactly, exactly. But you know, it's all good. You know, every, every dog has a day, and we just we don't dwell on it. We just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Now, this is Tony here. You know, most authors when they're writing, they have certain rituals that they go through. They may have a certain Type of soda they drink, some Twizzlers, or play some music. What is it that Kia does as she's writing that when she gets in her groove, she just has to have it right there with her? Um, I might have some soft, uh, old school. Like I like old school music. You know, I, no disrespect to the rap and all of that. You know, that's fine. But I love old school, like the old '90s music, the old '80s and '70s music. I, I listen mm-hmm. to stuff like that real soft, and I might mm-hmm. light a candle or whatever, but that's just, I just make sure my ambiance is good. My feng shui is straight. <laughs> um, but that's not all the time now, y'all, because sometimes I'm at work and I'm typing in between calls. So it just depends <laughs> if I'm at home or if I'm at work. <laughs> uh-huh. It depends on the uh, on the, the environment that you're in. But if you, right. as you, if you if you had a soundtrack to Diamond in the Dirt, what would it be? I had a soundtrack. Ooh. <laughs> mm, that's a good question. <laughs> it would probably have. It would probably be a Mary J. Blige song. I don't know which one, but it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll be something about her, you know, because uh-huh. she has a lot of pain songs. Because Diamond in the Dirt got a lot of pain in it, y'all. I'm talking about when I was writing Diamond in uh-huh. the Dirt, I, I would literally stop typing and cry. Wow. Because I was taking myself mm. in a dark place that <clears throat> I took myself in a dark place that I didn't want to go back to, but I knew I had to do it. And 
And first, I, I, I was like, I'm not going to do this. But my husband was like, you know what? This your truth. You tell your truth. I, and it was some things I didn't want to talk about. You know, I was ashamed of. I didn't want nobody to judge me. But he was like, man, people going to judge you regardless of what you do. You know what I'm saying? But you, mm-hmm. but you don't worry about those that's going to judge you. You worry about the ones that's going to love you from, from mm-hmm. what you're saying and what you're doing and what you overcame. So. Right. It'll be a Mary J. Blige song. <laughs> I can see any any one of MJB's songs can fit something like that, but that that subtitle revealing my truth. Where how did you come up with that? Because that's pretty powerful. That so just that's adds exactly, something to it. That's exactly what I did. I I didn't hold back anything. When I tell y'all, I told all my business. I told all wow. <laughs> my business. Wow. I did. Yeah, I really I really let the world into my world. So now everybody knows who Kia Nevaeh is. Who who's Kianda? Because my real name is Kianda. Everybody knows who I am at this point. Mhm. Mhm. And that's who I am. Mhm. Yeah. Wow. Oh wow! So I know that that has to really, really be a hard thing, because even with telling your business, you still have to. Um. You have to open yourself up to the idea of being able to tell it. So you kind of are talking mm-hmm. to yourself at the same time to to make sure that you stay focused and and your mind is set and you don't you know because that fear kicks in. You know, fear is always the opposite of faith, but fear kicks in right. faster than anything else, especially when you're right. doing something that's so uncomfortable. Right. Mm. Exactly. So, if we were here a year from now having an interview um, and we were talking about all the things that you accomplished in 2016, uh, what would be those things we would be talking about this time next year? Um, me and my husband released a new book together called Pushing the Pen. Uh, we also released the book together um, called Frank Mitchell. It's a horror book. That I wrote, I always write the beginning and he writes the end. Um, hopefully, you'll hear that we have uh, an investor who invested in our movie, our first movie. Um, all of our authors have new books uh, that drop. Naila Zahira has Blood on the Dope. Miss Libra Clark, she has Infected. Arthur Shop G. He has uh, Rat Poison and Marquis Butler. He has a new book coming out as well. So those are the things that you're going to hear. Awesome. Everybody got those hot beads out. <laughs> wow. Okay, now you know you, you at the top of the show you told us that you sing, and uh, we want you to give Leisha and I and here on this chat a, little, a few bars. You know, make something up or tell us, sing something that's wrong. Mm-hmm. No, she raps too. Mm-hmm. I heard that the other day. She raps too, so she do it all. So we need either a soft 16, a hard 16, you know, whatever you want to give us. So, you know, we, we like 31 flavors here. We, oh we love the legend at So y'all didn't put me on the spot, little <laughs> Um, That was like, I don't know what you working with, girl. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, does she try to act all shy? You know, she thinks all day long on her life. I am shy though. <laughs> I am. I might not act shy, but I am really shy, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm shy. Like y'all got my teeth hurting. I'm blessed so hard right now. 
<laughs> um, let me see. I have so many songs I can sing. Uh, oh, I'm gonna sing what I always sing to Tay all the time. It's not my song though. It's um, it's an old SWV song. I think it was SWV. Rain on me. Okay. 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 <clears throat> Sometimes these thoughts there's a misty rain. That gently touches my soul. It cools the fire that burns in me. And I simply lose control. So just rain down on me. Let your love and fall like rain just rain on me just rain down on me. Let your love and shower me just rain on me. Y'all like it? I love that song. Hey, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just 
keep it, you know, keep in contact with me. We'll keep you updated. I have the updates on our website as well. I have Cage Rain coming out. You can go to my uh, record label's um, website. It's www.moneymusicent.com. But if you go to my Facebook, I have I have all that stuff about what I got going on on there. So just send me a follow. I, I'll accept. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending you one right now. Yay, you! <laughs> awesome, awesome. We have so enjoyed having you here, Kia. And, you know, our door is always open. Anytime you want to come back and share anything new with yourself or any of your authors, be it books, Thank music, you. whatever it is, you know, just let us know and we'll have you on here. Thank you. And can I say free Tay? Thank you. <laughs> You have a fabulous day. I know that's right. You have a fabulous fabulous evening. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. I just love her energy, and then her voice is so awesome. That was fun. I enjoyed it. We're going to take a brief break, and then we'll be back with author Y.S. Cherie. She's going to be kicking in the chat room door. Let's see. What can we play? I don't know. She gave us a little show, and I don't know. Let's just just do a little Kimber Nicole and Necessary in my feelings. Okay. Shout out to Team. We got to get some of her. Oh, 
Um, and she really mm-hmm. takes time out with, like, everybody. And there's, there's a lot of people in the group. And she makes sure that, you know, she takes time, answers questions. She tries to make sure it runs, you know, smoothly. But she is very, very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. She gives you a lot of pointers and holds mm-hmm. you accountable, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. But uh, tell us, how has it been uh, being an author? Is it everything that you thought it would be? It's really humbling. It really is, and it's very surreal for me. Um, Mm -hmm. For anybody that's purchased my book, I so greatly appreciate it. I think every time that I read a a review or someone inboxes me or hits me on Facebook um, and just tells me how much they enjoy my book or they purchase my book, I think I tear up every time because it's just, you know, you don't think that, you know, when you write a book that anybody's going to like your book because you're all, well, mm-hmm. I know I am my always my biggest critic, hands down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for people to tell me that they mm-hmm. enjoy my writing and they're waiting for it, it's it's really surreal and just a really humbling experience. It's great. I've met some great individuals along the way. And I'm, I, let's see, I've been in it for about a year now. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's amazing. It really is. Mm. So tell us a little bit about, is this your latest one, The Switch Up? No, The Switch Up is uh, my sophomore book. I'm actually writing a book now called Fantasy Island. So I have three books. Two books are uh, Purple Haze 1 and 2 are part of a series, and Mm -hmm. that's an erotic interracial romance. And The Switch Up is a romantic drama, and then Fantasy Island is, basically erotica hence the name fantasy wow. island so <laughs> so is that <laughs> the movie <laughs> <show> right there <laughs> say again so you know we love yeah i couldn't hear you i'm sorry <laughs> yeah no, we I love to we know love erotic books you know yeah oh yes yes purple haze is who child I always say, I mean, I don't take anything away from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, but I think my Purple Haze gives it a run for its money. I say that all the time. I do. Uh-huh. I'm not taking anything from that book. I'm not because it was a good book. But uh-huh. I, I put mine up there. Purple Haze is something. It is. And well, then I'm in love with my character. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's nasty. I'm not gonna say it's not because it is. It's nasty. But well, go ahead, Lee, and tell I what you say about nasty Yes, I'm out of here. If it's nasty, let it be nasty. If not, then they ask the Starbucks for some coffee. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> I've had readers tell me they had to go to the toy store and get toys. So oh oh yeah <laughs> okay. So that makes well, me proud. That makes me a proud mama. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I feel like now. if you write a sex scene and it doesn't make you tingle, you can't make your readers tingle. Mm-hmm. So Hello. my sex scenes don't make you better they don't make me do something. <laughs> then I gotta scrap it and rewrite it till it does. Mm-hmm. And then I have people that I you throw my ideas off of. Yeah. And I have a male publisher, so you know. So- if I'm writing scenes and stuff and they don't, you know, hit, he'll be like, well, why don't you do this? And then I have a pen sister and my editor and another individual that, you know, I bounce my ideas, especially my sex scenes off of. And they're just like, okay, well, what about this or what about that? 
Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I'm okay mm-hmm. with the sex. <laughs> I have no problem with the sex. <laughs> so. I know that's right. <laughs> so tell us how you got connected with your publisher. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I had to go through two publishers before him before I found the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. So I had two mm-hmm. female publishers before him. And actually, I met him through my pen sister, who actually I met through Mary's uh, group. Uh, she mm-hmm. and I hit it off great because okay. she asked me questions, and then we became great friends. And then our publisher is actually a great friend of hers. So it's like we all clicked, and we went from there. He's amazing. He's amazing. Got him out. He, Got him out. He's right. Wire Publishing, Rico Wire. He's in Texas. He's an amazing individual. He mm-hmm. he rocks as hard as we do for our own brands, and that's what I love so much about him. He's a humble individual, very spiritual, but he'll he'll give you your reins to do what you need, but then when he feels like it's time to pull you in a little bit and keep you focused and motivated, he does that on a daily mm-hmm. basis. All right. What's not to love? Can't ask, you can't ask for better than that, boy. No, indeedy. Absolutely. Then but he deals with two strong-headed females. Little, so. A little straightening up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we're strong-headed, I mean, you know, so bull-headed. If, <laughs> right, if you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, then you absolutely cannot tell me what to do, because I'm not going to listen. So, yes, exactly. sometimes you know, <laughs> need that, that one person to be able to to tighten you up from time to time. So that's awesome. Now, and it's crazy. You have to have a male what, to do that. So what made you decide to write? What was going on um, just, that just made you enter her group, that made you decide to decide that, okay, I think this is what I, I, I might want to do? Wow, you're the first person out of a whole year to ask me this question. Actually, I was in a state of depression, to be honest. Um, I have I have some injuries and stuff that I'm dealing with that I've dealt for like two years. I wasn't able to work for a while, you know, and um, I moved from a, a nice paying job to not working at all and uh, dealing with doctors and the VA and stuff like that. And I was just down on myself and I was like okay well I'm just gonna I saw it because I'm a big fan of her writing and I saw the group and I was like okay I just picked it up to do a hobby I didn't really Mm -hmm. expect it to go anywhere but Mm -hmm. here I am almost four books in later so I think she kind of saved me from myself Mm -hmm. Uh well well, why this genre why when you pick your pen up what geared you towards to write the book that you wrote? Uh, <laughs> I have the nickname Nasty Nikki, so I've had it for no. a very long time. And I I like to think out of the box, okay. and I like to discuss stuff that other people are scared to discuss, or they want to try this, or they want to try that, but they're scared to do so. So I try to put mm-hmm. it in my book. Well, you know, but I'm trying to get away from erotica a little bit and expand my writing so I can grow as an author. So I'm not just putting one set genre. I want to be able, that's why I wrote The Switch Up. And um, Mm -hmm. at first I thought it was bad to write, you know, bam, 
in your face, purple haze, sex this, sex that, or whatever. And then I write, you know, switch up where it only has one sex scene and it's kind of vanilla. It's not hardcore like purple haze. Mm-hmm. But then when I got the reviews I got, even though they're not even on, you know, Amazon or whatever, I still had individuals that truly loved that book just as much as they love Purple Haze. Now, my mom mm-hmm. read both of them. You know, my mom read Purple Haze, which was, <laughs> she showed me the support, but yes, <laughs> a true supporter. Ooh. But she was, you know, she said it was a little raunchy for her, you know, so, but she loved, she actually loved the switch up though, because like I said, it only had one sex scene. Would have a lot of uh, individuals that loved it, but then you have the ones that were so in love with the purple haze. They're like, okay, um, it was good, but where was the sex? So I try to, I try to show that I'm not just this one individual that's going to be known for, okay, she writes the nasty books. Because I plan on writing children's books oh. and things of that nature, mystery, suspense, you know, try my hand at Harlequin mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm having a universal end is what we call it. That's right. That are able to, to do that switch up like that is, is, is really a good thing because you can grab multiple uh, readers that are into different genres when you can put different mm-hmm. genres into one book. You know, you have some readers that love street lit well it's the drama that in the in the raw um content that really attracts those readers so if you put drama and raw content in your book you know you're you're able to grab them and kind of hold them um into your your storyline so that is a fabulous ability and skill to have now tell us a little bit about the switch up what can we expect out of that book it just uh it just dropped no, it just no that that it came free. out and it's free. it was just free yeah yeah it was free for five days um the switch up uh, like I said it's my sophomore book it uh it has two twin sisters that are different as you know night and day you have Celeste you have Simone Celeste is you know the uppity well not the uppity one but she's carefree you know. She dresses a certain way, you know, she has to get attention. Where Simone is, you know, the laid back one, not worried about dressing like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Eric Rivers, who is Celeste's boyfriend. And But Simone, when they first met him, Simone was interested in him. But Shimo- Simone was kind of shy and laid back, so she missed her chance. So that's how it all mm-hmm. starts. So Celeste winds up dating him. So then, you know, there's a little switch up in there. <laughs> Feelings get hurt. Uh, some uh, secrets are known. You know, I can't say too much because then I'll tell the story. But it's it's a, it's a nice little story. It's where people want another book to that, which is supposed to be a standalone. But I've had a few people ask for another addition to that story, so. Mm-hmm. But it is a happy That's ending. There is a happy ending. Now, could it could it support Absolutely. a part two? Say again. Could the story support a part two? Uh, it could maybe a one point five. <laughs> <laughs> a one point five, maybe. That's a good question. Right, yeah, it is. It is. A lot of times, authors have sequels to their books. 
they got one, two, three, five. And my thing with that is if you have the content and you have the creativity to hold five and six books in that series, then that's good. But if by book three or book two you are pulling content because you don't really have anything, a creative uh, connection or, um, like, click with that storyline, the reader is going to feel that. If you're bored with it, if you're not feeling it, if you can't connect to the characters, it's going to come out in your pen. And so every book doesn't have to have a sequel um, unless exactly. you can really, really creatively handle that content and make it better than that first book because that second book mm-hmm. has to be, you know, the first book starts off at um on like five, level five, ends on 10, well, that next book has to start off on 10 and end on 20. So you have to be able to put that that energy into that book to push it through um, and make it pop. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a standalone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I couldn't, I couldn't, because it's, it's not a very long read. It's not. You know, like I said, I was trying to switch up and try something different. And that's what I mm-hmm. did with the switch up before I went mm-hmm. to the part two of Purple Haze. Now Purple Haze is a is gonna be a three book story. That's that book has a lot of stuff going on. But um mm-hmm. and then Fantasy Island, I mean I guess I could turn that into a series. But, you know, I don't know. I guess I have to see how it does when I finally do get it put out. See how it flows with the readers. <laughs> Yes. Well, they've been waiting for they've been waiting for this book for a little bit, but it, it's it's a struggle for me. I'm not gonna lie, it really is because I've got so many moving parts, so many different characters. So with my other books, I have like the main characters, and I got a couple sub characters. But with this one here, I've got like the main characters, sub characters, and then I got some other main characters with those main characters. I got sub characters too. So, you know, I'm writing four individual stories in this book. So it's wow. it's a it's a struggle. It really is. It's, a lot. It's, yes, it is. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's coming together. But mm-hmm. <laughs> like I tell my publisher, I'm my biggest critic. And if it doesn't sound right or it doesn't flow right with me, then I'll probably trash all of it and I'll start back over. He, you know, he's not pressing me to get it done, but I want my next book to be bigger than my last book. And my Mm -hmm. thing is I want Fantasy Island to be bigger than Purple Haze. So that's why I brought in the concept that I did and the characters I brought in because my characters are average Joe people, you know. Mm -hmm. You've got a Mm -hmm. judge. You've got a, a BBW female that's a masseuse. You know, you've got a, the judge is like his late 40s. You know, you've got a a, a white female that's a marketing exec. And then you have a, a, a black female cop in Chicago. So, I mean, I have four different individuals with four different stories and issues they've got going on. And then, you know, I've got the Fantasy Island. So they each have a fantasy that they want fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And all those are all different regions of different things that are going on that you can even touch on in real life in our own communities, you know, with those uh, yeah. different regions. 
But, um, you yeah. know, you talked about when you first started writing how you were in a dark spot. But as an author, what has been your most proudest moment? My proudest moment? I'd have to say releasing my first book. I really do. I mean, because when you put it out there, you know, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You don't know how readers are going to feel about your writing, especially if you're a new author. When you're a new mm-hmm. author, it's, it's different, you know, when your your friends or something read it. But your friends sometimes will tell you the truth and sometimes they won't. But I think all of mine have told me the truth about my writing. But when you mm-hmm. receive reviews or feedback from individuals all over the world that you have no idea who they are, it's mm-hmm. just, like I said, it's a humbling and surreal surreal feeling to, you know, have somebody enjoy what you wrote that you just wrote as a hobby, just something to try to get your mind off of things in your own life. Wow. It's an amazing feeling. And it's pretty humbling as well. Yes, it is. Wow. Now, you know, we're going to ask you a fun question, you know, and uh, nobody's listening, just me, you, and Alicia. As you were writing (laughs) – (laughs) That's a loaded intro, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So we're not going to tell nobody. Okay. (laughs) Okay. As you were writing Purple Haze, that most powerful erotic story, Mm -hmm. what was it about that? What was it within those pages that you can share with us that really – Look tastefully. <laughs> what was it? Just say it. Those pages that really turned. Yeah, just spit it on out. On. Just, just tell us the most. That turned me on. Yes. Oh my that lord! That you knew your readers would would just grab and just hold on to. Oh my god! There's a couple in there. There is. Oh. I mean, because Purple Haze <laughs> is actually an underground sex club here in Virginia Beach that I made up, of course, but. It's a it's an underground sex club. That's what Purple Haze is. Oh, so um, okay. it's got all kinds of devices and stuff in it <laughs> that gives you an idea. So is it um, okay. is it a BDSM club? Is it a BDSM club? It's all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't know what I can actually <laughs> say on this show. Anything. I don't know. <laughs> um, let's say you have know. a there's a Cybian involved. Um, there's a uh, a harness involved hanging from oh. the ceiling. Um, you have uh, a sex machine. You have a vacuum so bag. Is she a dom? No. Is, is one no, of the characters not. a dom? No. But there is one in Fantasy Island. Mm. Okay. Uh, now you get that exclusive. See, you got that exclusive. Nobody knew that. <laughs> All right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we love exclusives. Yeah. But see, so the what club made you, you write don't. About purple haze. Have you? Purple is my favorite color. Mm-hmm. No, this is not a real club. <laughs> it's, it's something I made up. <laughs> I like, if I had, that's my favorite color. Had, yeah. <laughs> it is, but if I had the money, I'd create the club. To be honest with you, I seriously oh, would. Yeah. But when you go in the club, you don't know your, they don't know your identity. You wear, you wear a mask. So no one knows who no anyone is. 
So that's mm-hmm. what what was so great about mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you got a character in there named Zorro. He's fine too. Zorro's mm-hmm. fine. White white <laughs> male with dark dark hair, just mm, mm-hmm. fine. He's mm-hmm. very fine. That's I'm in love now. with him. <laughs> I'm in love yeah, with him. So a lot cool. of readers are. He's a mess. Yes. Wow. Well, make sure you guys head on over there. Click that purple. Uh, I I can't even get the second word out, Lee. It's just haze. Pick it up. Got me in a haze. (laughs) Make sure you pick that up. And please share with our listeners your social media handles as well as, you know, your newest work coming out and where they can find it. Okay. Um. I'm on Twitter at YM Cherie. I'm on Instagram at YM Cherie. I'm on Facebook. Uh, Nicole Maurice Howard is my regular name, but I do have an author page called Author YM Cherie. I have a readers group called YM Cherie Readers and Supporters. Um, what else? Oh, my books are on Amazon and on Bars and Noble. Uh, we have Purple Haze 1. Purple Haze 2, The Switch Up, and they will be in audiobooks. The first audiobook should be complete the end of this month for Purple Haze. And let's see here. Um, at Fantasy Island, <laughs> I don't have a date on that yet, but when it is complete and it's out, it will be on uh, Amazon. And also, I know my publisher will put it on Barnes & Noble as well. And the books are also on paperback also on Amazon and Create Space. Awesome. Make sure you follow her. She got some hot pen trails over there, and you know I'm getting my one click on leash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope everyone enjoys it because I enjoyed writing Purple Haze. It was, yeah, it's an amazing story. Clearly. We can tell. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell. We didn't from the stealing and stuff. <laughs> Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. But don't be fussing at me, though, when you get finished might... reading it. I do believe we <laughs> might get our entire life in that one right there. <laughs> you might. you have to inbox me and let me know what you think. <laughs> oh, man, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, let me find out I'm going to have to need a tutorial <laughs> to follow the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes you through each step. So you, it's, it's very descriptive, very descriptive. All right, now, that's our kind of book. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us here in Let's Chat. We're going to definitely have to have you back when that fantasy one comes out so you can give us a little bit more. I appreciate it. The woman behind I that appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you. You have a great evening. Thank you. You too, sweetie. Good night. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I love her. You know I'm over here one-clicking, right? I love her energy. Yeah, I know you are. We love, I'm just saying, don't judge. But, yes, we love the nasty books, but everybody else does, too. We just say we like it. Y'all just think it. And y'all may not tell everybody. We have to do research. Don't make us no mind. Yeah, you. Yeah, we right. got to do the research for the show, Lee. <laughs> this is like 31 Flavors. You don't know what you like until you walk into the 31 Flavors and you get the little spoon and you say, let me try that. Okay, no, let me try that. Let me try that. But it's mm-hmm. the same way. Every erotica, mm-hmm. is, I, I, 
every erotica is not good. That I will mm-hmm. say. Um, but, you know, we always believe that females like better sex things than males do, even though that has been disputed um, by author Hakeem, um, which if you missed his interview, check out our archives, and you can check out his interview as well. We've had two fabulous guests today. If you're just tuning in, this is Chat. I am Leisha, and I got my fabulous right hand, Miss Tony. We're talking to talk about filling up the ship leak. Uh, we had Kia mm-hmm. Neve and YM Sheree on. If you missed those interviews, check out our archives. And you don't have to get our archives from Blog Talk. You can actually go to either to writinglovepromotions.com or you can catch us on iTunes as a podcast. We're going to take a brief mm-hmm. break, and then we'll be back with the fabulous Tabitha Sharp Jackson. We're going to hit you with some of that Blue Marley and Yo Gotti. This your boy, Yo Gotti. To my muscle, bitch, I'm living. Yo, God, it told me he got work. I said, OG, let's get it. They do my dirt with no code defending. I know they snitching 30 years, reels, but he broke. That boy got no ambition. I was 16, triple beam, leaning on him. No, the street couldn't hold me. They triple teaming on me. I remember telling Frank, boy, I want a bag. Now I'm shopping with my bitch, all she want is Chanel. Went to sleep, count sheep, I woke up count money. If it's right for the price, tell him I said money. Remember, I ain't have a pot to piss me. Started whipping, 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 now look how I'm living. Hey, chili in it, big got all my chains on. Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on. Told that walker flocker got that flame on. Just me sugar with my rich home. Hey, hey, this I live. This I live. This I live. This I live. I really live this life for real. I really do this shit for real. 120 carries, don't get yourself embarrassed. But I paid for the cross, I could have bought a navy. 4,032 grams, say one. Home damage chain is what I paid for just one. When I was young, they labeled your board, damn fool. 22's enough on my Benz truck and my old school. You get the picture, the money, it ain't the issue. Six figures before the rap game, now I'm a little richer. Homie, still a real nigga, yeah, and I do real shit. Make West fucking around with start shifting my whole freak. Run down the spring field, nigga, get it how you live. Real recognized, real and don't pay the fucking bill. Broke niggas on chill, got it on them things in the fast lane. Burning brain, bumping Jake, and I live. I represent no Memphis, motherfucker. And this is how I live, motherfucker. This your boy, you got it. Hey, Got all my chains on Man, I'm about to blow like it's cocaine on Told that walker flocker got that flame on Just me sugar with my rich home Hey, hey, this I live This I live This I live This I live I really live this life for real I really do this shit for real This I live This I live This I live This I live 
company and um, I have one author so far and she is the bomb.com um, her name is Delisia Jenkins she's a paranormal sci-fi writer you know that's my stuff y'all know I love science fiction and paranormal <laughs> and robots and crazy stuff um, and I just dropped my first paranormal romance book in July and it was in the top 100 for really like two months and it got nominated for an award, so I'm really excited about that. Um, right. I, I just, I'm just doing a lot of stuff, y'all. <laughs> it sounds like it. Is that the Bound by Eden, your sci-fi? Oh, look who's been studying. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, that's what they pay me to do here. <laughs> yes, yes, they pay you the big bucks to check. So tell us a little bit about that, and how, how has it been having that sci-fi under your belt already? It's been really good. You know, at first I was nervous about it, and this is so crazy because when I first wrote it, I was like, okay, I've got a plan, and I'm going to stick to my plan, and I'm going to put it out, and blah, blah, blah. But then one morning I woke up and got so nervous about it, I did it as a surprise mm-hmm. release. <laughs> I was so scared. Yeah, I was so scared, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is just maybe it's not going to go over that well." What if my readers were like, "We don't want to read this crap." Like, oh my heart, it was just so. It was really nerve wracking. Um, so I did mm-hmm. do it as a surprise release, but then surprisingly, I got such amazing feedback. Like all of my readers, who people who don't even read paranormal or science fiction, they were like, "You know what? We're going to try it." And I was like, "Oh my God, please try it. If you hate it, I still really." want to know but if you love it I really still want to know um mm-hmm. and it, I mean it's just been amazing just just knowing that I could still write something different and kind of convert my fan base that made me feel really good awesome that's awesome and you know Alicia and I we talk about having that universal pen because you have readers that follow you in your other work and now you're introducing them to something that they may not have been as receptive to because they're familiar with your pen. You you understand what I'm saying? So Absolutely. those are new readers with that genre that you're introducing them to. Absolutely. And I'm so excited, not just for myself, but for other writers who, who, you know, like to branch out and not even just in the science fiction and paranormal world, but people who like to write thrillers and horror stories and things like that. You know, it kind of creates a different market, not just for the reader, but for the author themselves. And they don't have to feel so boxed in, so caged to write one specific thing. Mm-hmm. You want that universal pen. 
Yes, and it feels wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so tell it us does. a little bit about your publishing your publishing company. Um, what did you name it? Why did you choose the name? Um, just tell us a little bit about it. Well, um, the name of my company is Sharp Pen Publishing Company. Sharp, of course, is my last name. Um, And I would like to believe that, you know, no matter what genre you're in, whenever someone interviews you, they always go, well, what genres do you pen in? Or when they write an article about you, they say, pinning in the such and such genre. So I figure, you know, it's it's a pretty, um, the jargon, everyone uses the word. So I was like, this is definitely going to be it. I knew presents wasn't going to go over well for me. Publications wasn't going to go well for me. So I was like, we're just going to throw this publishing company at the end and, and call it a day. Um, so that was how I picked the name, and that's what the name is. Um, we accept women's fiction, Christian fiction, select urban fiction, paranormal, and science fiction. Mm. Wow. And you say you already have an author, Delisha Jenkins? Yes, her name is Delisha Jenkins, and this girl is one of those, she's one of those kind of people that she has what it takes to really get to the top. Like, she really does. She Not even just the pen. She has the personality. She has the spunk. She has, I mean, she's an amazing person, so humble. And that's what I love about her. She's a very humble person. And I knew that when I did start, you know, accepting submissions, I was like, I'm looking for a specific kind of person, not just Mm -hmm. someone who can write. You know, it doesn't take much to put your pen on on a piece of paper and make a story Mm -hmm. because your life is a story. You can write about your life, and it could be amazing. But what about the other stuff? What about your personality? What about are you willing to go outside of your box to reach your readers? Or are you just going to be a Facebook writer? I don't want the Facebook writers. I don't want anyone who's afraid to branch out and be different and try different things. And she's she's one of those people. So I, I was really excited that she even considered me. I was like, oh, my God, that made me cry. You know, y'all know I'm dramatic. <laughs> Oh, now, is this her, her her normal pen? Is this what she used? This is this her specialty, the sci-fi pen? It is. That is definitely her, like, for sure stick. But what's really exciting that I thought, you know, just from what she brings to the table is she's really into lore. Anything that has a legend, she can take it and spin it and make you believe that that was probably the original legend. So that's what I, I just love about her is because she truly is unique. You know, she um mm-hmm. she recently put out a book, um, like on her own and it's called the Vampire Hunters Academy. And she took this completely you know, when people think of vampires, the first set of vampires they think of is Twilight. You know, because that's, you know, contemporary. That's that's new age kind of stuff. But she took it right. all the way back to Dracula. So I was like, Yes, Ooh. kill it. You know, and she really took the legend and made it into something else and something that was her own. So, I I mean, I love that about her. So I just know that she's going to be bringing some major, major, major crazy fire to the game. Mm -hmm. Now, you know Dracula is classic, girl. This is Tony. And, and, you know, I'm sorry. It's like me and Tabitha just sitting here just chatting. (laughs) <laughs> let me let my let me let my girl get in, <laughs> you know. So I just want to say, Jacqueline's classic. You know, he's classic. <laughs> we do. That's what we do. We get comfortable. We grab your little wine, pop up yes. your yes. 
you know, in my case, it's alkaline water because, you know, I'm on the health thing, so I have a water. Oh, healthy, and, you got you it. Know, I'm chilling. <laughs> yes. You got it, healthy. So we are chilling. It's awesome. It's awesome. Now, what are, who are some of your role models or, or mentors um, in literature that kind of pushed you to um, take that leap um, and go independent? Wow, great, great, great question. Um, mm-hmm. The first person I ever spoke to about it was um, Dominique L. Watson. She would always be like, why don't you just do this on your own? <laughs> like, why, why don't you just do this on your own? And I'm like, uh, I don't really know if I'm ready. I don't know if I, you know, have built the, the, fan, the fan base. I don't know if people will be receptive to me. Even though, yes, I do have a great personality, it takes a lot more than just a great smile and a good personality to really get out here by yourself and and make it work. So that was really the first person who made me feel like, okay, this is probably something I could do. Um, another person, of course, we all know and love Aaron Bebo. That's me. Um, yes. You know, yeah, he's just, he's just, he's a visionary. I love that man. But he really was, you know, just kind of on my side. He was like, you know, if this is what you want to do, if you want to get out here and, you know, go the paranormal route or go the science fiction route, if this is what you want to do, don't be afraid to do that. And, you know, he really talked to me about legendary pens, about people mm-hmm. who write mm-hmm. those timeless reads. And I knew that I wanted to be one of those kind of people, but I also knew that for me personally, I wasn't going to be able to do it in the urban genre. Just mm-hmm. because even though I love the urban genre, that's not really – that's not really me. I can write an urban story. Now, can I write one as good as Nikki Turner? Hell no. <laughs> I can't do that. So, you know, that's, but that's, that's just not my thing. But I did know that I was good at writing things about, you know, angels and vampires and demons and, you know, werewolves and things like that. I'm good at writing women's fiction. I'm good at inspirational, you know, novels, motivation, kind of that. So, he was another person who really was like, you can do this. So for those two people, if it hadn't been for them, I don't think I probably would have ever done it. Mm, that's powerful. Sometimes you need that that, that voice, you know, just kind of egging you on because they may see something in you that you don't see yourself. You know, they may see a certain strength or a certain talent that you possess that you just like, oh, no, that's not that's not good enough. But they can see it, and that, that push is just what you need to make you just, you know, make it come forth. It is, because sometimes you have to let other people be your mirror. Mm-hmm. Your mirror, when you mm-hmm. see yourself, is always, it's always blurry. It's always blurry. It's always got mm-hmm. a few specks on it. It's always, something's always wrong. But when you take it from someone else, when other people talk to you and because, like you said, people see you differently than you see yourself, and especially people who are seasoned. And, and it's like you can't trust what everybody says, but you know somebody who's been in the game a while and they've had success and, and they continue to have success. You want to listen to them. You want to make sure mm-hmm. that you take their advice. You want to make sure that, you know, when they say something to you, especially when they say it specifically to you, you're like, okay, I see where you're going with this. I trust right. your advice. And I'm going to move forward. You know, I really did. I listened to them. I asked God, you know, God, is this what you want me to do? Is this what you want me to do? Are you sure? Are we sure? 
can we do this? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I talked to my wife about it, and I was like, you know, I, I think that this is something that I want to do. She's always pushed me and urged me to do this on my own anyway, and she knows my, you know, that's my passion. So with those four people, God, Aaron, Dominique, and Bay, you can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't. Now, with those four, you know, Lisa and I, we usually have a topic for our show, and our topic tonight is sealing up the ship leaks. You want to tell her a little bit about the the, the reasoning behind that leash? Because she is right up there with that. This sounds really interesting. Absolutely. I'm ready. So our topic today is is really sealing up the leaks, uh, the ship leaks. And a lot of times, you know, everybody that's with you is not necessarily with you. And sometimes you have uh, everybody on your ship, and some people are rolling. Some people, as Steve Harvey may say, have their foot up. Um, they got their feet propped up, and they got their little tequila, and they chilling while everybody else is pushing. But in the meantime, you have a few that may be drilling holes that are mm-hmm. hindering the advancement of your ship. What do you think about that, just being able to fill up the holes in your ship and just tighten up things a little bit better around you? Well, I think, first of all, this is a really good topic because I was having this exact same conversation not too long ago, not in the the way that you all are saying it, of course, but I was having this exact same conversation. Um, I know that with myself, I've really had to kind of become a recluse. (laughs) Like, you know, you want to give – it's like you have all these people around you, and like you said, Mm -hmm. everybody's got their feet kicked up. They're sipping their tequila with the little umbrella in it. Everybody's Mm -hmm. living the life. But then it comes to a point where it's like, okay, we need to go here and we need to go here and we need to go here. But everybody's not ready to go there. Some people can only be with you at the ground level. Some people you cannot raise up with you, and you have to cut them off. And it's not to say that I don't care about you. It's not to say that I don't love you. And it's not to say that I don't appreciate what you've done for me. But it just means that where I need to get to, you're not trying to go. And on a business aspect, we can't rock together. Now, does that mean that we can't go to Old Charlie's and kick in and eat some bread? No, let's go. But on a business level, we can't do that. And, and it's it's so weird because once I started, like when I came out with Bound by Eden, everyone I knew it seemed like, <laughs> everybody mm. kind of fell away from me because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, but I kind of knew that would happen because I was going in a different direction. I was seeking the next level, um, and I knew that there were certain people who would not be able to stand by me and go those places with me. But then there were also there was also a point where I knew that I would have to get out and meet new people. I would have to make new connections. I would have to, you know, get out a little bit more if I wanted to be successful. So it's like you can keep that dead weight if you want to, but you're only going to think. Now, do you want a friend or do you want your business? Because sometimes you can't have both. And you just have to be strong enough to choose. That's right. You have to be wise enough to notice it, and you have to be strong enough to choose. And some people are like, no, I can keep both. No, you can't. Honestly, most of the time you cannot. If your friend, but then at the same time that, that says, do you and your friends have the same goals? Because I've noticed for myself, it's been really hard for me to maintain friends because we don't have the same goals. I'm learning, you know, after years and years and years of doing the same thing, that those same things I was doing are not the things that I wanted to do. So now that I want to move forward and be a better person and live my life differently, there are a lot of people who don't want me to do that. There are a lot of people who, and you know what's crazy? It can be, you can have your own 
say you got like a, a railroad company, right? And y'all ain't brought in nothing but $5. It's going to always be somebody hating on you because you made $5 more than they did. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, but, and it's the truth. And I never really used to think that. I used to be like, no. Why would anybody want to hate on me? I'm really sweet. I'm always really nice. I'm always talking to everybody. But at the same time, you can't be nice and you can't be all kissing it up with everybody either. So, you know, mm-hmm. you just got to. You just got to boss up. That's it. And and know who's for you and and who's against you. Cause they can have you. the same face on, you know, and you just got to look underneath the mask. You got to see the signs. You have to, you really have to see the signs. You know when somebody's, you know, trying to do something. And I'm the type of person, just be honest with me. If you want to do this so you can advance in your own career, okay, cool. I'm fine with that. Because I want to see everybody win. But at the same time, don't take advantage of me. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to come in here and you want to make your moves, I'm fine with that. But don't jeopardize my business in the same situation. One thing I'm so sick of seeing, like, lately, is so many people calling so many other people out, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's gotten to a point where I'm just kind of like, where is the, the, where is the line drawn? Where mm-hmm. readers don't know author's business. Mm-hmm. But where, when, when, do, when do we decide to stop drawing that line? So that bothers me a lot. But, you know, and, and there are a lot of people who are letting readers on their team as as editors and things like that. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> where are they doing that at? But, you know, to each his own, that ain't my business. You got to see the signs, recognize what's going on, and make a plan of action. Exactly, and move forward. <laughs> always, always move forward. Don't get stuck in a stupor. Don't get sad and depressed and lonely and busted and disgusted. Admit what happened. Take it and keep trucking on. That's all you can do. But I want to ask you, um, Tabitha, about your sci-fi. What? How did you approach that differently than what you? How you usually approach your writing? Was there any type oh. of research? How, how did that go? It is completely different than anything I think anyone could ever do in their life. I think that when you – no, it really is. I think that Mm -hmm. when you decide to write a paranormal or science fiction book, the first thing you have to tell yourself is, well, pretty much to let your imagination go. Like, don't stop it. Wherever it goes, let it take you there. Mm -hmm. Don't kind of put a cap on it. That was one big thing for me. Because Bound by Eden is about this woman. She's a single mother. She has no faith. Um, her son goes off to college. He comes home for a dinner with her after his, like, first semester is over. And she dies on the way to meet him. And mm. so she, yeah, that's crazy. So she dies, and then she goes to heaven. Now, Christians would argue, how could this woman who has no faith end up in heaven? I was about to ask you that. <laughs> Of course. So, but but that's what I mean when I say when you write something like that, you have to let your imagination go. I wrote Bound by Eden as something to give people hope because the world is already hard enough. It's hard enough. We live hard lives, and then we die, and then we go to heaven or the other place that shall not be named. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, you get a new life. The Lord says that we will have everlasting life if we go to heaven. Amen. I'm happy to be there. So, but then what happens after that? What are you doing in this everlasting life? Right. There are so many people who are afraid to die because they're afraid that they're going to get sucked into a black hole of nothing. 
So I wrote mm-hmm. this book to hopefully promote, you know, happiness in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Jana, she gets to heaven and she meets the father that she missed on earth. She finds her faith. She falls in love. She does all of these different things. So you can't you can't put a cap on your imagination. You can't worry about what other people are going to say because people are going to say something regardless of what you write. Um, and because it was really controversial, there were a lot of people who were like, "I'm sorry, I can't read your book because it, it it's you know it 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 deviates from what I believe." Okay, I understand that, and I'm sorry for you. Um, but I couldn't let that hinder what I felt. And I really got into writing science fiction and paranormal anyway because my father died when I was six years old, you know, and that was really tough for me. So I used to always try to write him back to life. And when I did, it would always be with some kind of magical something or, um, you know, something major would happen to bring him back to life. Like once I remember I wrote about how God literally came down and brought him back to me. That when you write things like that, you just you can't be afraid to do it. You just gotta you just mm-hmm. gotta write it. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes Tabitha, this is Tony. Sometimes when you, when a reader reads, sometimes they just want to get away from reality. So, so whatever it is that author is writing is not necessarily wrong. Is what that author is portraying at the moment, and you may just need that. You know, you you don't always want to look for. The, the black and white in the book. Sometimes you just want that escapism, just to get away from that every day. So who's to say it's wrong? That's and, and that's the exact way that I feel. Nobody can tell me that what I write is wrong or, you know, how they feel. Now, if that's how you feel, I'm sorry that that's how you feel because I didn't write it to offend anyone. I didn't write it to upset anyone. If anything, I wrote it for the exact opposite reason to give people hope so that they could escape from there, not even just their daily lives. Like I said, I know a lot of people, you know, I'm 24, I'm 25 now. I know a lot of people who are my age and they're afraid to die. Granted, a lot of people my age are dying. So I I can kind of see where the fear would come in, but I don't want anyone to fear going into the afterlife. So writing that for me was, you know, just trying to give hope to other people and, and continue to instill the faith that I already have inside of myself. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. <laughs> On top of everything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself writing that. You know, it was a lot of fun um, being able to put in a lot of the, the Bible stories that I grew up on. A lot of the Bible stories that I still every day are like my go-tos when I'm going through something. You know, I still wish I had the patience of Job. I wish that I had mm-hmm. the faith of the woman with blood, you know, with the issue of blood. I wish that I was wise like Abraham. You know what I mean? Things like that. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Look at this, Tabitha. I'm so proud of you. Oh, don't, don't. You better cut it out. Don't be making me cry now. <laughs> don't be so having me over here. You. No, I'm just so happy to I be able to share this question, with you all. Though. Please ask. Mm. I just want a, a little touch. I just want a little touch. Because you went from being signed to being independent, how was your that that um, transition or that switch from going from G Street to um, being self-published? Oh Lord, have mercy! It was rough. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it really was rough. Um, you know, being signed initially to G Street, you know, there are it's a it's a controversial company. So there are a lot of people who already don't like that company, period. 
Um, so branching out on my own, it was like, we're going to do this. We've got to start all the way over. <laughs> we've got to start all the way over. Um, luckily, I didn't have to um, start over with my fan base, but I did have to start over with branding myself. Because mm-hmm. I was no longer signed to G Street, and I was no longer a, you know, contracted author. I had to really branch out, and a lot of the things, a lot of the services that I was used to getting before for free, I had to get my coins together. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I really had to network with people. I had to make connections with people who I would have probably otherwise not have even noticed before. Um, I had to, I had to learn a lot of things. So it was kind of rough, but in the end, I know that it was definitely the best thing for me. Mhm. Awesome. That's awesome. It's a, it's it's getting you to know you. And that's exactly what it is. Self publishing is like soul searching. It kind of gives you that room to figure out not only what you want to do, but who you really want to be in this industry, because there are so many different authors. And some of them, yes, are the same, but then there are so many people who are different. And sometimes it's hard to weave between the same and the different. So I really just initially starting out, I knew that in my heart I was like, this is what I love to do. This is who I am, and this is what I want to be. And I just, you know, I did. I prayed about it. I talked to my wife about it. I talked to a couple of other people that I knew and, you know, kind of had to, because I had to learn a lot of things. I was like, well, you know, how do you upload a book to Amazon? You know, how do you, how do, how do I do this? How do I, who do I go to for formatting? You know, scheduling interviews and stuff, that wasn't hard. I love talking to people. I know how to get in touch with those kind of people. But I knew trying to find a formatter and, oh, Lord, an editor, because I don't think that you should edit your own work ever. Never, 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 never. Um, because you no. can't see the things that other people can see. You you just can't. You're biased to your own work, no matter what you think. Um, mm-hmm. But I just knew that I was going to have to find all these people, and I wasn't sure how I was going to find them and find quality. That was my biggest right. thing, was finding quality. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. But it's so important. But now I got me a little team. Mm-hmm. I'm together. That's awesome. Well, you know, if you ever need an editor, I am an editor. So if you ever, you know, want to branch out and add to your team, you can just reach out and, you know, we should promote. So. Oh, well, you, you have, know, you, you got to keep it in the family. So. <laughs> <laughs> and for <laughs> We do everything on right royalty promotions. Not too much we don't do. And well, you know, um, you know, I got that book about to come out, so I might have to slide it your way. <laughs> Sliding in your DM. <laughs> well, we are here, but we—I have, you know, Alicia. I want to ask her my fun questions. You know, I'm—I'm kind of—I'm kind of scared of what she might ask. We've had some interesting responses to my next question for you, Miss Tabitha. Oh, I'm so now, excited. Uh, <laughs> Let me put on my crazy hat. Yeah, put that crazy hat on, girl. Oh, if you were a superhero, oh. what superpowers would you possess? Mm, if I was a superhero, what superpower would I possess? X-ray vision. Oh, X-ray vision. You want to see it all, huh? I want to see everything. And But my X-ray vision would be the kind where I could see inside of your brain. Like, I can't read your thoughts, but I can see what, like, what you're made of. Mm. Like 10% nice, 80% evil. 
And how it all comes together, maybe. Yeah, yeah. How everything, how everything's connected. Yeah, I would love to do that. What makes you do what you do? See, we could take this off. This a we could take this all kinds of ways. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime I think of X-ray vision, I always there was this meme one time I saw, and it was of Superman, and he was X-ray and X-ray visioning all the the ladies, and they all came back with cancer. (laughs) <laughs> and but it was oh. but the doctor told them that it was like they had <laughs> like they had been getting like lasered for like their entire lives. <laughs> so anytime I think about X ray vision, I always think of that meme because I would probably be doing that. I would be looking yeah. at because I would like to believe that I'm a really good judge of character. So I mm. would really want to put that to the test with that power. Hmm. That you would be pretty dangerous with that. <laughs> but um, I mean, lethal. Uh huh. Yeah, you would be. You would be. I can see that. I can see that, girl. I can see it. But please share with our listeners your social media handles so they can follow you and uh, anything else that you may be having coming down the pipe, as well as as well as your team. Oh my God! Absolutely. Um. So I just I just opened up my big big workshop and it's called School of Hard Authors. And you can take a a marketing and branding class, a marketing plan class, a creative writing slash um, how to defeat writer's block class, and something else that I seem to be forgetting. But it's called the School of Heart Authors, um, and it's only $45. So you get all of those classes, and it's a lot of fun. You can take it at your own leisure. Um, you can find me on social media, well, on Facebook as Tabitha Sharp Jackson. I'm all married, so I had to add that Jackson at the end so my wife doesn't strangle me to death. Um, <laughs> on Instagram, I'm Tabitha Dominique Sharp. Snapchat, Tabitha Dominique Sharp. Twitter, Tabitha Dominique Sharp. My team is me, and then we've got Delisha Jenkins. I have an assistant. Her name is Laquisha La- Smith. So right now we're just, I mean, we're just grinding it out. We're just riding hard, y'all. All right, keep it keep it moving, right? Keep it moving. Well, we have so enjoyed having you on this chat, as we always do, girl. You know you're always welcome here. The door is wide open. Just knock it down and come on in. I will. Look, I'm about to just I'm about to stop scheduling. I'm about to just start calling in and talking to everybody. <laughs> I'm going to start calling and talking to everybody. Well, we are here every Thursday and Friday night starting at 7 p.m. <laughs> Thank you for having me, ladies. It was so much fun. Hey, y'all watch the gas prices. They are going. The gas prices? <laughs> yeah, did you hear about the oil leak? Mm-mm. We've been on the air. Yeah. There's been some major oil that. leak. Oh, you got to. The gas just went up. It's like 229 now. Well, 250 in my neighborhood. That's cheap for y'all? Oh, no, that's too much over here. Well, you know, she lives in New York. Everything is pricey in New York. Oh, well, we live, I live in Tennessee. I live in Tennessee. Everything's polite down here. You said polite. She said polite. Yeah, everything's polite. <laughs> polite here. I ain't never heard that before. Everything is polite here. It's not yes, good. everything is polite. That means it's suitable for my budget. That'll work. <laughs> Once again, Tabitha, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We so appreciate you, girl. Thank you for having me, y'all. Y'all have a good night. Okay, you too. All right. You too. All right. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>
she always comes in with a burst of energy leash. I love when she visits us. <laughs> Absolutely. I think so, too. Um, we appreciate you guys for joining us today on Let's Chat. We've had three fabulous guests, fabulous, fabulous guests. I've actually had a good time. We got a concert. We got some, yes. <laughs> we got some good girl talk. We got some book talk, mm. some literary talk, some publishing talk. We've, we've come full circle leaps. Um, a lot of times, everybody that is with you is not always with you. So you got to make sure that the people around you, you tighten up that circle a little bit um, to make sure that all the things that you want to do, you're able to do, um, and everybody is really um, pushing that for you. And mm-hmm. I always talk about Steve Harvey because I love he talks about the rope and the um, wagon. And he always, uh, someone told him about the rope and the wagon. And he said that you have a wagon, you have all the people on the wagon. Well, the people on the wagon, you're pulling the wagon. And the people on the wagon are supposed to be using their feet to move the wagon. But you have some people that stop and they put their feet up. And they're just riding on the wagon, you know. And that's kind of the same thing. You have to know who who is really helping push what you're trying to do. And that's part of discernment, discerning those people around you and making sure because a lot of times you get ideas, things you want to do, and you have to be able to trust the people that you want to share those things with um, and share those moves with. So it's important that you, if you don't trust everybody, because within your circle around you there is a, a smaller circle, um, and you want to be able to make sure that that smaller circle you trust. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's yes, why I got okay. the concept for the show from from something that Steve Harvey has said. Awesome, and it can apply to across the board. So it's always mindful of being aware of those that are around you and what they're doing. Absolutely, I definitely definitely agree with that. Well, we appreciate you guys. We will see you guys next week. We got a fabulous, fabulous Thursday show. Make sure y'all tune in to Real Raw Radio, the Clubhouse, Nene Capri, myself, the fabulous Miss Tony, and the awesome Aaron Bebo. You know, we're the Clubhouse um, host over there. We will have um, comedian. Oh, his name has his name has left my forehead that quick. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Hank Denson, comedian Hank Denson will be on the uh, clubhouse. Make sure you tune in Tuesday to the scoreboard and Thursdays to our, our hopefully, cross your fingers, our secret, secret, super Thursday show here at Let's Chat. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys, appreciate you guys and we're out. Good night, everybody.